we are not to um, become terrorized or fearful of the inhabitants of the land, which are symbolized by the Hittites, the terrorizers, um, that is the people's places and things within our lands that would normally cause us to be terrified, including the people and places and things within the current lands that we, that we live, you know, in the physical. You know, so now that we understand the borders of the kingdom and what they represent and what they have to speak to physically and spiritually, what's next? What's next to understand um, is that just, just about the entire book of, of Joshua speaks to what happens after Israel crosses the Jordan River. You know, when you think about it, like, you know, most of the book, the bulk of the book, it speaks to what happens after they cross the Jordan River. Now, we haven't yet crossed the Jordan River, you know, in in um, in the book, seeing that we're just uh, still just finishing up with chapter one. But I want to just make note of that. Like, you know, the book of Joshua is, is simply from the time that the 40 years is, are up and it's time that Yahweh wants to move his people into the kingdom of Elohim and it's about crossing that border and everything that entailed after they crossed the, crossed the border. Right? You know, so that's something really, 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 you know, you know, I want us to keep in mind now. Whoo! Is uh, you know, y'all put some heavy stuff on my mind. Um, he put some heavy stuff on me uh today. So it was just um, yeah, I, I was pondering this, but um, before before I go into this, I just want to say, like, you know, by no means, you know, I am I am I professing to be a prophet. I'm a teacher of the word. You know, and that's that's what I do. I teach the word, and I teach it in relation to the word. You know. Now that said, the word itself seems to be prophesying to us during this time. You know, and as I go into this, you'll see what I mean. You know, but it's um, y'all you know I'm bald. You know, but it blew my hair back. You know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so you know that was a strong spirit. That was a strong wind right there to blow, blow a ball head man's hair back. You know, but um, like yeah, because you know, I began to see a timeline, and I know like Scripture says, we we, we won't know the day or the hour, but we will know the season. You know, and. From what the word appears to be saying, it's like it really, 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 really speaks to our time, you know. And and, and yeah, you know. So like, it's it's just like it was just really weighing really heavy on me because uh, well, because there's a lot of heavy stuff that comes at the end. I mean, a lot of heavy, heavy stuff. You know, uh, but you know, it's you know, what scripture, you know, uh, what Yah is showing me the interpretation of scripture is, and if this is correct, like, man, the time is short. Yeah. I mean, like, for real. Like, it's, 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 it's short. It's short, short. You know, and you're going to see what I mean in, in a second. You know, but keep in mind that. 
most of the book of Joshua speaks to after they cross over the Jordan, right? So just put that on the shelf for a minute. Now, I want to just talk about something, you know, a sign of the times. You know, and this sign of the times is in relation to the book of Joshua. You know, and because like what Yah has shown me is an ancient prophecy, you know, in Joshua that reveals the future, that reveals even our future. You know, and if not ours, you know, some some people that's close to us, you know, close to this timeline. You know, Joshua 1, 10 and 11 says, Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host and command the people, saying, Prepare you victuals, for within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan to go into to go in to possess the land, to possess land which Yahweh Elohim giveth you to possess it. Now, let's consider that this could also be a prophecy concerning spiritual Joshua, that is, after the death of, of Moshe. You know, Moshe, uh, we know that Yahushua is, is a type of Moshe, and so we know that Joshua, you know, from the perspective that we're studying, Joshua, you know, speaks to the body of Yahshua, right? Okay. You know that existed after the death of Yahshua. Now, this could be a prophecy that speaking about what will happen within three days of them um, passing over the Jordan. You know, or three days after Moshe dies. And remember, Moshe is a type of Yahshua. Three days after Yahshua dies. You know, now to, to see what I'm saying, you have to take into consideration Second Kephas 3.8. It says, but beloved, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day with the Adonai is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. So we're told that a thousand years is as one day. So if we, if, if this is to transpire, if you're to pass over the Jordan, the Jordan within three days, then this speaks to and a day is as a thousand years. This speaks to three thousand years, right? Now, Psalms 90 verse 4 says, For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past, and as a watch in the night. So that's the second witness. You know, then we have Hosea 6, 1 through 3. It says, Come and let us return unto Yahuwah, for he hath torn and he will heal us. He hath smitten and he will bind us up. After two days, he will will he revive us, and in the third day, he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. Then shall we know if we follow on to know Yahuwah. His going forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. You know, very interesting because, you know, again, this is a prophecy concerning that third day, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that third day, we get revived and raised up. Very interesting. You know, especially seeing that, you know, if Yahshua died in 30 AD, two days will be 2030. That would be. 2,000 years after his death. That would be 2030. We're in 2023. So we're talking seven years. 
like seven years. Like that's not a long time. That's that's really like right around the corner. You know, we talking seven years. You know, this is this is this is pretty wild. So and it says you should pass over this Jordan, right? This is the River Jordan. It's one of, if not the longest rivers on the planet. You know, it's one that competes with it, but for a um, very long time it's considered, and by many still considered, the longest river on the planet. You know, now this river starts on high and go to the lowest point on the planet, which is the Dead Sea. And it's literally a picture of coming from heaven and going to Hades. You know, if, if you have eyes to see. This is important to know. Now I want you to, um, I'm, I'm, I'm praying everyone is familiar with the story of Joshua to some point. You know, I'm praying that everybody know that uh, I'm not, this is a spoiler alert for those who don't know the story of Joshua, but you know, before they cross over the Jordan, Joshua, i.e. Yahushua, um, his, his, his body, they cause, he causes the river Jordan to dry up, you know. So before they cross over, the Jordan dries up and allows them to cross over on dry land, even as Moshe, you know, dried up the, the Red Sea, right? Everybody know that part? Everybody remember that? Yeah. yeah. Now what's what's crazy and, and like what really kind of kind of blew my wig back is just the timing of the, of all this because we're in 2023 and 2030 it would be 2,000 years and we would enter into that third year right not only that but you know another thing that was determined that was viewed as days you know in biblical times were ages you know and we're currently at the end of an age going into a new age and in biblical times you know it would be said that we were at the end of a day and going into a new day we're at the end of the age of Pisces about to enter into the age of Aquarius we are at the end of day two, about to enter into day three. You know, you have to understand, like, like, yeah, like this is this is this is this is pretty wild. You know, because um, when Moshe, when they, when he when he was on the um, scene, it was it was a it was a day. You know, it was the age of age of Aries, the ram. And so that's why everything was about the ram. You know, you, you've seen them coming out, you know, uh, with the sacrificial lamb. You know, this was the ram and, you know, and this is what they sacrificed continually, you know, and they were leaving out of the age of Taurus. You know, and hence when they were in the wilderness, you had Aaron, he created the calf, the, um, the bull, you know, which is a symbol 
of Taurus, you know. And then the Messiah, when he came, he was leaving out of Aries the Ram and going into the age of Pisces, the fish. You know, and now we're at the point where we're leaving out of the age of Pisces and going into the age of Aquarius, which is the water bearer. You know, I want you to think about, you know, Yahshua coming at the beginning of the age of the fish and he got all fishermen and told them, I'll teach you to be fishers of men. You know, even to this day, symbol for Christianity is still fish. Right? You know, what I'm trying to get you to see is like during the end of an age and the beginning of an age is when Moshe was on the scene and he done all the great plagues that, that affected Mizraim. During the, at the end of the next age, going into another age, Yahshua and his apostles was on the scene and they done all those great miracles we read about. We're living at the time, at the end of an age, going into another age. What is going to happen with us? If the, pattern, if the pattern continues, we can expect some great things to happen. Can you see that? And I don't see no reason why the pattern shouldn't continue. Especially when we see stuff like this. Prophesying. You know, right in the word. You know, and... Why did Kephas give us this if it wasn't something important? Why, why would he say, remember, a thousand years is as one day to the Adonai? Unless it was something very important and pivotal. You know, he seems to say it out of the blue. Now, this is what blew my wig back. You know, because... This is the River Jordan. Then, and this is the River Jordan today. The River Jordan is drying up. This river hasn't went dry since the time Joshua led Israel across the River Jordan. Thousands of years ago. But in our day and time, the river is drying up. After 2,000 years? Within the three days, within 3,000 years, ye shall pass over this Jordan. Mm. You can't pass over the Jordan until after it has dried up and you pass through on dry land. We have seven years before the day is out. Can this river be dry in seven years? It most certainly looks like it will be. Now you can say this is the work of man, you can say this is the work of Yah, you can say whatever you want to say, but the fact of the matter is, this river is drying up. And it's drying up in this day and time. Now, I invite anybody to explain that to me. And I read into it and they said like, you know, some folks diverted some of the waters and this, that and the other. All that don't mean nothing to me because the timing is too precise. The timing is too precise. How did Joshua 1.11 know it would happen at this time? 
Now I could just spend too much time in the word and be, you know, be tripping. But I mean, it aligns. You know, it aligns. It per- aligns perfectly. You know, so I really, 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 really think like we need to get our act together. Like time running out. Like it's time to quit playing. I mean, cause man, like yeah, that blew my wig back. That's what you know. That's, I told you it was a strong wind. You know when you can blow a ball, guys, um, here back. But that done it. Like we're 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 really really very close to this time. And then when you understand, like you know, see, like I put all the pieces together. Because it's like, it's not by happenstance that we're even studying the book of Joshua. When you consider how we choose our books and how it was chosen for this time and just the fact that we're seven years out and what does number seven represent? You know, and holiness and it's Yah's number, you know, and he chose it. And he chose that we study this book at this particular time. Yeah. And he's the one giving the revelation of this. Yeah. It, it didn't, you know, it wasn't my mind that said, hey, let's see what the River Jordan looked like today. <laughs> you know, Y'all is saying something. He's saying something for all the world to see. And if, if those who are really scriptural and those who really like about this life and really like into his word, if they can't see this as a sign, then I don't know what to say. You know, just not scriptural, I suppose. You know, because anybody that's scriptural has to view this as a great sign. It's only one time, you know, <laughs> this river done dried up. Yeah. And that's when Joshua split it, you know, and caused Israel to go forth on dry land. So that just, you know, that's just, you know, I, any, any way you cut it, slice it, you know, that's just really, 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 you know, mind-blowing to me. Like, that this is happening at this time. You know, so maybe it's time to pass over to Jordan, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Maybe it's maybe it's time to enter into the promised land. Maybe it's time to enter into New Jerusalem. You know, that's this Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna just try to move on. I'm just I'm gonna just move on. All right. We're going to get into Joshua chapter 2. And Joshua chapter 2 deals with the story of Rahab. Which is um, pretty heavy in and of itself. (laughs) You know, it really is. You know, um, Joshua 2.1 says, And Joshua the son of Nun sent out a Shittim, two men, to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. 
you know. Now, I just want you to know that scripture depicts Jericho. It also calls it the city of palm trees. And palm trees is a is a picture of righteousness. You know, if you think about a palm tree, how it's straight up, you know, and how men are depicted as trees in the scripture, you know, you see, you know, a picture of a righteous man. You know, so city of palm trees, you know, depict a city of the righteous. You know, and that's important to understand um, for when we get off into this. Now, we have... Joshua, of course, whose name means um, Yahuwah's Savior. We have Noon, which speaks to that which is resprouted, you know, or Father from above, or um, also perpetuity, eternity. You know, you have Shittim. Shittim um, is acacias in um, Hebrew, and it was this this type of wood was virtually indestructible, you know, and hence it was utilized for the wood of the tabernacle. You know, and and it was considered to be indestructible. Like it was, it was resistant to parasites. You know, like none of the bugs, you know, could would eat it. You know, so it would just pretty much last forever. You know, uh, Jericho. Now, Jericho means the city of the moon. Now, the moon, you know, is the ruler. Of night or the ruler of darkness you know uh, in Genesis it tells us you know that the lesser light um, you know was put there to rule over the night and the night he called the darkness he called night so the moon speaks to the ruler of darkness you know so Jericho is the city of the ruler of darkness and is also called the city of, of the righteous and I know that sounds contradictory, but it makes sense in a bit. Rehab, or Rahab, you know, speaks to that which is roomy, wide, broad, or that which is at liberty. So, we put the definitions into the text, and it reads, And Yahuwah's Savior, the, um, the Son of Eternity, or the reborn Son, Father from above, sent out two indestructible men to spy secretly. Saying, go view the land, even the city of the moon, or the city of the ruler of darkness, called the city of, of the righteous. And they went and came into an harlot's house um, named, and a name speaks to the character, authority, and reputation. You know, so they came into a harlot's house with the reputation of being wide, broad, or in that liberty, and they lodged there. Alright, so there's a story being told behind the story that's being told, in other words. Now, does scripture speak of such an event transpiring in the latter days? Because what, what I'm suggesting is that this too is a prophecy for the end times. You know, so does scripture speak of an event transpiring within the latter days, a time when Yahushua was sent forth to spies to bear witness? to the city of the, of the moon or the city of the ruler of darkness called the palms, city of palms or the city of the righteous. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute, you know, because this has a really, really um, strong parallel to another story as well, you know, where um, two indestructible men are sent to spy out, you know, a city. 
Uh, can anybody think of um, Sodom and Gomorrah? Absolutely. Doesn't that sound like Sodom and Gomorrah? Y'all sent two indestructible men, which were actually angels, to spy out secretly to see what was going on in the city. You know, now, but it just so happens, scripture also speaks of this um, two men being sent in the latter times as well. You know, Zechariah 4, let me have my um, first reader read Zechariah 4, 11 through 14 and Revelation 11, 3 through 6. This speaks about these two guys that's going to be sent. Zechariah 4, 11 through 14. Then answered I and said unto him, What are these two olive trees upon the right side of the candlestick and upon the left side thereof? And I answered again and said unto him, What be these two olive branches? which through the two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves. And he answered me and said, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, I had an eye. Then said he, These are the two anointed ones that stand by the Adonai of the whole earth. Revelations 11.3 through 6. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand Two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the Elohim of earth. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These have the power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often, often as they will. Hallelujah. Now these are the two that Yahushua was sent to the holy Rahab, you know. And Rahab is simply a picture of the church, actually, that has become a harlot, you know. Uh, now, I know many people, you know, ponder about who these two witnesses will be, you know. But there are some major clues. And so, Revelation 11, 5, give us the first. It says, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. You know, and, you know, every matter should be, should be established by two to three witnesses, right? All right, so fire proceeded out of their mouth and devoured their enemies. You know, who does that relate to? No, I'm speaking about fire proceeding out of, out of the mouth and devouring their enemies. Who does that relate to? Who? Nah, I ain't see Yahshua do nothing like that. He said, be, be unwise as a serpent, yet gentle as a dove. He wasn't burning folks up. Who? Eliyahu. Absolutely. And you ain't even get it. <laughs> Eliyahu, absolutely. Don't you remember during the um yeah, yeah. the uh the ministry of Eliyahu, the men came and and fire came down and burnt them up. Yeah. All right. So that's your first that's your first uh witness, right? Then it says, 
These have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. Who does that relate to? Eliyahu again. Elijah. Same thing. Elijah. Eliyahu. You know. Now again, he prayed and it didn't rain for three and a half, three years, right? Three three and a half years. You know. That's a second witness to Eliyahu, right? Yeah. All right. Then it goes on to say, and have power over waters to turn them to blood. Is that not clearly Moses? That's Moshe all day, right? Moshe all day. And to smite the earth with all plagues. Moshe all day again, right? So you can see that the two witnesses will come in the spirit of Eliyahu and Moshe. Now I want you to think about the Mount of Transfiguration. This is a depiction of the Mount of Transfiguration. And and who who Yahshua had with him there? Yep. Moshe yep. and Eliyahu. Yep. You know, those two witnesses will come in the spirit of Eliyahu and Moshe. And actually Eliyahu will be first and Moshe will be last. You know, now, I want you to consider the two spies that Joshua is about to send out. Because they relate to those two witnesses who will come at the end in the end times. Those two witnesses who will be in the spirit of Eliyahu and Moshe. You know, in Joshua 2, 2, it says, And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men thither, hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. You know, now, if we put some of the definitions in the text, you know, it reads a little different. It says, And it was told the king of the city of the moon, or the king of the, ru the ruler of darkness, called the um, city of palm trees or city of righteous saying behold there came men hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country this word country is Eretz number 776 you know and Eretz speaks to that which is firm it speaks to those who are resistant to external pressures because <clears throat> when the two witnesses come they're going to be looking for those who are resistant to external pressures you can't be soft you know and entertain the two witnesses because you're going to falter you're going to have to be strong this is not going to be a time for the weak you know now once you can see this you know then you can see how it relates to the king that's to come in revelation you know because it tells us the city of the moon the moon is a ruler of darkness so we're talking about a king of the rulers of darkness you know revelation 9 11 tells us they had a king over them which is the angel of the bottomless pit whose name in the hebrew tongue is abaddon but in the greek tongue is apollyon 
This is one that comes out of the bottomless pit. This is one that comes from out of the abyss. You know, and his name means the destroyer. That's what Abaddon and Apollyon mean. You know, and he's going to be a ruler of darkness. If we go to Revelation 17, um, I'm my next reader read verses 8 through 11, you know, but it tells us about where he came from and who he represents. These that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition, and they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose name were, were not written in the book of life from the from the foundation of the world. When they behold the beast that was and is not, and yet is, and here is the mind which has wisdom, the seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth, and there are seven kings, five are fallen, and one is, and the other is is not yet come, and when the when he cometh, he must continue a short space, and the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and is of the seven, and goeth into perdition. Yeah. Uh, so we see he shall ascend out of the bottomless pit. You know, now, it says he's, he's, he's going to be a powerful king. You know, take note that, you know, it speaks of it as the beast that was and is not and yet is. That bears a very close relation to someone else we know. Absolutely. Our Messiah, Yahshua, he who was and is and is to come. Yeah. Except for he's that who was and is not. That's right. <laughs> and, yet, and yet is. <laughs> the seven heads are seven mountains. Mountains can speak to nations. Have you ever heard of an organization called the G7? Yeah. Google it. G7. You know, and I'm not saying that that's what it is. I'm just saying it's a parallel. It, it, it relates. You know, it speaks of them being seven kings, five are fallen, one is, and the others yet to come. And this beast is going to be the eighth and his other seven. You know. Now, I also want to remind you of Ephesians six twelve. I don't know how my line got missed misaligned, but whatever. You know, uh, it says, "For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places." And you know, it was supposed to be underlining the rulers of the darkness of this world you know because the city of the moon can speak to the city of the rulers of darkness or the city of the ruler of darkness 
And so we see that that is one of our spiritual enemies. Right? Yep. You know, even as, you know, the city of the moon was Israel's physical enemy during the time of physical Joshua. Hmm. And this is what some say he looked like. I pray not. You know. <laughs> you know, but no matter what the case, it's going to be a tumultuous time. You know, and, you know, I don't know. It seems like somebody sped the clock up. Things may come about, you know, quicker than, than what we may think. You know, I pray not, but only time will tell. Joshua 2, 3, and the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come unto thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. You know, so now we're talking about this harlot, Rahab, the king sending unto her, saying, Bring the men out. You know, and just in relation to, you know, all that we've been talking about, the scriptures speak of an end time harlot. And it absolutely does. In Revelation 17, it says, And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither. I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. So there is a whore in the end times. Revelation 17, 5, And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon, the great mother of harlots. Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And verse 18 of Revelation 17, and the woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. So hereby we learn that this whore is associated with a great city. Now this is a great clue. For scripturally speaking, there are only five great cities. There's only five Great cities mentioned in scripture. The first one's in Genesis 10, 12. It says in Rezin, between Nineveh and Calah, the same is a great city. In Joshua 10, 2, that they feared greatly because Gibeon was a great city. It's one of the royal cities and because it was greater than Ai and all the men thereof were mighty. Jonah 3.2 gives us a second, uh, our third one. Gideon was the second one. Our third one is found in Jonah 3.2. Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach un unto it the preaching that I bid thee. That's three, right? Then we have Revelation 14 speaks of a great city. It says, and there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen. It's fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. That's four, right? Mm -hmm. There's only one left. And that's found in Revelation 11, 7 and 8. And it speaks to where the two witnesses go. It says, And when they ha shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit, that we just read about in, mm -hmm. in Revelation, um, it says, shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them and their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which is spiritually is called Sodom and Mitzrayim, where also our Adonai was crucified. And we know this is Jerusalem. 
These are the only great cities mentioned in scripture. And seeing when I study scripture, I stay in the world of scripture. You know, so I don't leave out of the world of scripture because I believe scripture interprets scripture. So out of these five great cities of scripture, this last one is the only one that still exists today. Only Jerusalem still exists today. It's the only great city left. So that kind of takes the mystery out of the mystery for me. Now, coincidentally, it is also prophesied that the two witnesses will visit that city. I'm just saying. Also consider that it is also prophesied. Oh, I just said that, didn't I? Mm -hmm. Well, here's the validation. Revelation 11, 1 through 4. And there was given me a reed like unto a rod. And the angel stood saying, rise and measure the temple of the of Elohim in the altar and them that sat uh, and them that worship therein but the court which is without the temple leave out and measure it for measure it not for it is given unto the Gentiles and the holy city shall tread under um, under foot forty and two months and I will <clears throat> I will give power unto my two witnesses and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the Elohim of the earth. So, yes, the two witnesses go there and witness there. Now, this city is also a harlot in the eyes of Yah. It says again, the word of Yahuwah came unto me saying, son of man, cause Jerusalem to know her abominations. Mm -hmm. And so this is, this is to give us the context and let us know who's being spoken of in this uh, 16th chapter of Ezekiel. If we jump down to verses 14 and 15, you know, it tells us, it says, And they, re they renowned went forth among the heathen for thy beauty, speaking of Jerusalem, for it was perfect through, through my comeliness, which I had put upon thee, saith the Adonai Yahuwah. But thou didst trust in thine own beauty and playedest the harlot because of thy renown and and pours out their for thy fornications upon everyone that passed by his it was. And it just goes on and on and on into Jerusalem's hollow tree and shows just how just decadent it was. You know, so here it is. We have a great city that's a harlot. That, the, that two indestructible men go and visit, you know, to spy out. And, you know, it fits like hand in glove with what is being told in Joshua chapter 2. You know, and you'll see just how well it fits, you know, next week. When we continue, you know. <laughs> well, that's all I have for you today. Prayer with a blessing. You know. All right. At this time, we'll take any questions.